What is up, everyone? My name is Jordan Ramirez. Allow me to be the first one ever to welcome you to the AFW College Podcast. I'm here with our wonderfully wise college pastor, Ben Moss. Ben, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here this morning. Had a great breakfast, had some good time with Jesus, and pumped to be here with you, Jordan. Let's go. I am equally thrilled to be sitting across from you recording this first episode. Uh, This is something we've talked about for a really long time, Ben. This is meant to be just a a timeless resource about a variety of topics for students to be able to take with them wherever they go so that they can constantly be growing their faiths, constantly be developing their relationship with Jesus. And we are kicking it off with a very timely conversation that I think could really bless students right now. Ben, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are no college students here. All these students have gone off to break. They have left campus. They have left their church community and have gone back to their hometowns, their their families, their high school friends. It's a major change of setting for them that has the potential to really change their behaviors, their attitudes, uh, and even their faiths. I mean, this break can offer some really unique opportunities for their for their faiths to thrive, for their walks with God to grow even stronger. It, it also offers some new challenges, some interesting, potentially damaging challenges to their faiths as well, some unique difficulties, which is why I'm excited to be able to sit down with you, Ben, and talk about how students can win their breaks and see their relationship with Jesus grow even stronger. Ben, I know this is something you have some experience with. I know specifically early in your college career, you learned some good and and hard lessons about what it looks like to win your break. Do you mind sharing with us a little bit about what you learned as a college student during breaks? Well, I mean, some of you can probably really relate to this. My freshman year in college, especially that first semester, my life was really getting rocked with Jesus. I was passionate for him. So many things were changing in my world, and the Lord was really moving in my heart in a powerful way. But what I realized that first semester when I went home is that you might say I got my spiritual tail whipped uh, (laughs) going into the break, and I just wasn't really set up for a win of how to really get rejuvenated in Jesus. I didn't even know that was possible. Honestly, I just thought a break was a time for me to go home, for me to enjoy some great food with my family, sleep in, veg out on Netflix, and it was going to be a great time. (laughs) But that was not actually the case for me. And that first break was a little bit of a challenge. I remember calling my mentor at the time and saying, hey, what do I do here? How do I make it through this break? And he encouraged me with a verse from Proverbs 16, 3, which says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. And I remember that just being a mind blower for me because I realized the Lord has an invitation for me. If I commit my time to him and specifically my break to him, he actually wants to establish my plans. Like he actually has more for me over the break and not less for me. And the break can be a time for me to take steps forward in my walk with mm. God and not take steps back. Yeah, that is that is great, Ben. And for those of you listening, you know, it's not easy to uh, spiritually whip Ben Moss's tail. Uh, so this is an important, obviously an important topic for us to cover. And, and I and I know and I can hear, Ben, that this is a subject that you are passionate about. I've actually heard you teach on this topic a couple of times. And, and what I love about it is you use this passage from Scripture that a lot of people might not connect to a topic like, like winning your break. You've explained it using the parable of the soils from Mark 4. And you, you talk about it in terms of tending to your soil in order to create a heart that is receptive to the Word of God. And through that strengthening, 
your relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to read this parable and allow you to speak on, on what each soil represents and how we can learn a little bit to develop our walks with Jesus during break. Does that sound good? Sounds awesome. Awesome. Let's jump in. So this is Mark 4, verses 3 through 9. Jesus says, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Ben, if we're jumping into this and looking at each of those different kinds of soils, that first type of soil that falls along the path, why don't you explain to us, teach us what that means and what that uh, means specifically as it pertains to this break. That's a great question. There's so many different things that we could talk about in this passage. I mean, this is a, a rich passage. It is loaded with so much wisdom that we can apply to our break. And, you know, verse four here, it says, and he sowed, some seed fell on the path and the birds came and devoured it. So talking about that first soil, Jordan, with the seed that fell among the path, the, the seed, first of all, it represents the word of God. And I think if there was anything that I could give, one encouragement I could give to our students over the break, it would be stay grounded in the word of God. Mm. When you stay grounded in truth, it is going to empower you, enrich your relationship with Jesus. It's going to center you. You know, on days when you're like, man, I'm having a hard day, it's going to remind you that your hope is not found in what you feel but it's found in truth. So the seed is the word of God. So we want that seed to go in us and bear fruit and uh, thrive inside of us. Now the birds represent Satan. So the, the seed falls and Satan comes and he steals that word away. Mm. You know, Satan has one mission to steal and kill and destroy. It, it's why Jesus taught his disciples to pray, lead us not into temptation. And I had this misconception my freshman year, that first break when I went home, realizing that my my thought was the enemy is just going to take a break over the break. Like he <laughs> he's just going to take a week off. He's going to take a couple months off and he's just going to leave me alone because I'm going home to be with my family. Well, that was a misconception, okay? That was an understatement to say the least. And what I realized is that actually the opposite happened. Temptation increased over the break because I was away from my community. I was away from the people who were spurring me on in my relationship with Jesus. And so I started to go, okay, what does it look like for me to not buy in to any lies? And one of those lies that I had uh, going into the break was that, all the ways the Lord had worked in me that I was not going to be able to continue to walk in those things. It was like, man, I experienced breakthrough from specifically for me, it was anxiousness. And I just had this fear when I went home from the break, all of that ground I had taken in my relationship with Jesus was just going to go away. Mm -hmm. But I just want to encourage everybody who's listened to this. That is such a lie. If you have given yourself over to Jesus this year, if you have asked him to move in your life, scripture says that he who promised a good work in you is faithful to carry it on to completion. It yeah. says that in Philippians 1.6. Mm -hmm. And it's really important for all of us, for our students to, to remember that because otherwise, if on day five 
of our break, we get in and we have a tough day, we're just going to want to check out. Mm -hmm. But actually, Jesus has brought freedom in us, mm -hmm. and he wants to continue that freedom. And, and if there's nothing else that you get from our discussion <laughs> today, I just want to encourage you. The work of Jesus doesn't stop when you go home for the break. The work of Jesus wants to continue in you and through you. Mm -hmm. He wants to overflow in your life, and he wants to express his love through you to other people. Yeah. Amen, man. Amen. That is so good. And the the, the fact that, that going home, we're not... We're not defenseless, you know, being away from community. We're not defenseless against the enemy. Amen. And we, we have the power to, to protect, protect our soil, right? And that's awesome. So that's the first soil on the path. Moving on to the second type of soil, second type of soil is the rocky soil. So how does the rocky soil differ from the, that first soil on the path, Ben? Yeah, great question. Well, let's jump back into the passage on verse 5 here and check out what it said. It said, Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up. And since it had no depth of soil, that's why the passage describes it that way. And it said, when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it had no root, it withered away. So later down in this passage, we get a description specifically of, the, of what the rocky soil is. And this is the one who hears the word, they receive it with joy, but because there's no root, when trials and tribulation and challenges come, it just falls away. It's like there's a plant that springs up really quickly, but it just gets scorched because it's got no foundation. It's got no grounding in Jesus. You might say that there's an unnecessary, uncultivated, barren rock that gets in the way. And so a question I always encourage our students to ask is, what are the rocks that might get in your way? What are the big things that might come up in your break that could distract you from the presence of God? And just take a few moments to, to journal some of those things. You know, if we go for nothing, we're going to hit it every time. So if we go for something, we're going to hit something good. Right, and, right. you know, there, there's encouragement here. There's invitation here for us to just identify what are those rocks. Now, for you, it might be something like shame. Okay. Mm. It might be something like guilt. It might be fear. I personally, I'll talk about this in just a few moments. I had some fear about going home my first break. I was like, man, what is this really going to look like? Maybe you've had a season of doubt. Maybe it's a struggle from the past, specifically related to an old relationship with a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Now, I know all of your families are probably perfect, and you <laughs> never struggle in any way or have any conflict with any conversation in your never. families. Mm -mm. Never, never, never. Mm -mm. Uh, but maybe it's offense. Uh-oh. Uh, maybe when a conversation's happening, you realize, oh, there's some offense in me, and there's mm. some rocks that can come up that can get in the way and can prevent us from walking in God's presence. You know, one of those rocks for me, Jordan, when I was a freshman was I was specifically concerned about going back home to my bedroom. You say, what do you mean right. by that? Well, uh, for me in high school, my bedroom was a place of temptation. Mm -hmm. And it was a place where there were a lot of different struggles that I had growing up. And so I was legitimately a little bit afraid of going back and being alone in my bedroom. Yeah. So I went to the guy who was mentoring me at the time. I said, what do I do? And he said, Ben, well, the first time that you walk into your house and you go to your bedroom, I want you to pray. I said, okay, I'll do it. So I remember walking into my home, walked into the bedroom, and I just began to pray. And I just began to say, Jesus, every single place in this room 
that was not honoring to you, I just ask by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would redeem it. Mm. And I just begin to declare the truth of yeah. who Jesus was and just said, Jesus, your sacrifice on the cross is enough for me. Thank you, Jesus. Because of your blood shed on the cross, I am pure. I'm holy. I'm righteous in your sight. Not because I deserve it. It's a free gift. And I just stand on that right now today. Yeah. And I declare the truth and the hope and the life of who you are. Would your character be manifested in this mm. place? Would the glory of God come? Would the presence of God come? Mm. Would I never be the same because of this prayer right now? And when I did that, it was about 20 minutes long. It was like something just broke off. Mm. And it was like darkness left that room and the light and the hope of the gospel invaded in. Mm. And that break, I met Jesus in a way that I never had before. And it was a powerful time for me. And the reason I share that story is because God wants to take what's a rock and he wants to crush it. (laughs) He wants to crush it into a million pieces so that you can encounter him. And you and I are not made to live or to be victims to those old things in our lives. Jesus Christ, because of his blood, has given us a brand new heart. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, and that is what some of you were. I love that word, were, not are. It's what some of you were. And then it says, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The Holy Spirit wants to empower each one of us to resist the temptations, to resist the rocks that might come in our way, mm-hmm. and he wants to give us wisdom on how to do it. Yeah, so good and so true. And I just love that those rocks, of course, are, are important to be aware of, but like you're saying, they're nothing to fear. They're, they're not something to be fearful of. And I just love that story where you, you've identified a rock and then you you preferred the better rock the rock that is god and you um and you allowed him to take you like that one did you like that one ben i like that one yeah that yeah good. Uh, that's good um the rock that is a firm foundation good to stand on and letting him be the one that removes the rocks let him fighting those battles so that's the second soil the rocky soil and then we have the third type of soil which is the thorns which is different than the first two ben uh, why don't you share a little bit about your experience with the thorny soil All right. Well, verse 7 in our passage says that other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Again, if you look later down on the passage, here's what it says about the thorns. It says that the thorn, the thorny soil, is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word away, proving it to be unfruitful. Now, I think, Jordan, of all the soils that we could face, this one could actually be the most dangerous Mm. because the thorns are not the big, obvious rocks that can get in the way, but they're the smaller things. And the way that I've seen that kind of manifested in my own life is more so through a mindset than it is anything else. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just a a, a little mindset or a tendency to be anxious about something small. But something small can become something bigger. And we all know with anxiousness, it it can grow, okay, (laughs) if if we allow it to to stay. Uh, Maybe it's, it's the thorn of busyness. Like, God, I want to meet with you over the break, but... There's just a lot of going on. I mean, there's Christmas lights, there's turkey. I mean, there's so many amazing things that you get to be involved in. The Cowboys, uh, you know, just it's an awesome, awesome time. And it's not because the heart is bad. It's just there's so much going on. And then the big one for me 
when I was in college was the thorn of laziness. And, <laughs> you know, there's just something about sleeping until 10 that's just yeah. wonderful, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I just want to say, everybody listen to this, it's not bad to sleep until 10. Amen. It's not bad to look at Christmas lights, okay? Mm-hmm. All of those things are, are good, mm-hmm. but they are things that have the potential to prevent us from experiencing all that God has for us. And so the thorns, they, they just have the ability to just kind of sneak themselves in yeah. and they choke out the seed so that it can't bear fruit. Mm-hmm. So I just want to encourage everybody, don't allow a thorn to replace your hunger for the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Our faith as believers is exercised in his presence. And over the break, there's going to be different things that come your way that are going to seem like they're good. They're going to seem like they're offering a party to you, but the world offers a party it cannot throw. Don't let the thorns overgrow your desire for God's presence. Mm -hmm. I love what it says in Exodus 33, 11. Thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. There is an invitation for you to speak with your heavenly father face to face over the break. There's moments that he has for you where he wants to encourage you, where he wants to affirm you, where he wants to provide rest for you to be able to realize that your identity is not found in what you do, but it's found in who you are. It's found in him. And may that just be the case. May we be those over this break who step into everything that he has for us. Yeah. Now, there's a there's two different ways that you can do this, Jordan. There's a healthy way that you can step into God's presence, and there's a non-healthy way. If I can just be vulnerable with you, my freshman year, I kind of did the non-healthy way. Let me unpack that a little bit, all right? So I was meeting with Jesus. He was changing my life. I mean, I I was just so on fire for God. And I remember going home, and I was like, uh, uh, over the summer break specifically, and I was like, this break, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to spend two hours with Jesus every morning. I'm going to share the gospel with every person I meet. Yep. And the entire city of Carrollton, Texas, by the time I get done with this three months, is going to know Jesus. Let and it it's going yeah. to be <laughs> awesome. Okay. Now, a few people came to know Jesus. Praise the Lord. All right. The whole city, 100,000, did not. All right. <laughs> now, the intention was good. The execution was not as good. All right, so l- let me explain that a little bit. Um, one of the things for me in spending two hours with Jesus is I would come out of my bedroom every morning acting like I had just, you know, come out of the glory zone. Like <laughs> Exodus thirty three eleven just happened in my bedroom. I've met with Moses, not, <laughs> not Moses, I met with God. <laughs> Face to face. Uh, Moses is great too, but meet with God, not Moses, all right? And, and I came out, and then I went into the kitchen. Breakfast was done. The family was already getting into the activities for the day. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to my parents, and I'd say, uh, guys, what's going on? And they would just kind of look at me with this like disappointment in their eyes. And there was a lot of frustration initially in me and in them. And then finally it dawned on me, I haven't communicated with them what I'm doing in my bedroom. And then I went to him one day and I said, hey, guys, uh, just so you know, what I'm doing in there is uh, I'm spending time with Jesus. I'm, I'm reading the Bible and I'm praying and, and I'm worshiping because I, I just want to continue to grow my walk with him. My parents looked back at me and they said, really, Ben? I said, yeah. They said, I wish you had told me that. Like, mm. that's so helpful for us to know. And then they started to encourage me to do it. But then they said, can we find some balance here? 
Like, can we strike a balance of you being able to come together with our family and have breakfast in the morning? Because mm. actually, Ben, we've missed you. You've been away for a while, and we want to spend time with you too. Yeah. So we just sat down and we had a conversation about it. Mm. And I think what I learned in that is that communication is key. Yeah. That when you communicate with your family about your desire to to walk and grow in your relationship with God, it can set you free and it doesn't have to be a hindrance. So I just want to say, may you guys handle the break and the way that you interact with walking with Jesus and your family. May you handle that in a healthy way. Yeah. And may you communicate on the front end so that it can lead to life. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's a total, total different mindset from, from the tentativeness of going home. I think it's important to think about it another way, which is what what plan does God have for me in going home? You know, you know, we spent a semester being filled up around this great community, and it's not a it's not a sad thing to think that we're now now leaving that and going home. It's an opportunity to pour out all the ways that God has filled us up, especially on our families. We're going a lot of students are going back to families who who need the spirit to be poured out of them, onto them, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about in this last soil. So the fourth type of soil, unique from all the others, it's it's only known as the good soil. It's a fertile soil. Ben, what does that look like for students going into break? Well verse eight, the last verse in the passage said, and other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain. Growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Now, I'm sure all of us are going, this is the soil we want to be, all right? Of all the soils, we want to be the one that bears fruit. But if we're going into the break and we are going to step into all that Jesus has for us, we have to recognize that we're not made to just not do certain things, like Mm -hmm. just don't sin or just don't do this. We're actually made to bear fruit. We're actually made to be ground takers and land takers Mm -hmm. and to move the kingdom of God forward, as Jamie always says, to be a signpost people uh, that points to Jesus so that other people can have an encounter with him. Guys, there are, ah, I just get so excited. There, there's people around you that need to hear the gospel, that need to know that Jesus is the hope of the world, that need to know what the real meaning of Christmas is, that hope has arrived, that hope has come. We are made to be those who bear fruit. And I don't know what fruit looks like for you. I just know that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you and he wants to show you what that might be. Yeah. Maybe it's the fruit of of reconciliation with a sibling. I remember specifically for me that that first Christmas break when I went home, there was some restoration that happened in a relationship that I had with my brother. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. It was so powerful. And I, I was so encouraged by that. Uh, maybe for you, fruit looks like serving your parents. If you want revival to happen in the break, can I just say try on serving someone else? Yeah. Try on looking to somebody else's needs before your own and see how the kingdom of God might step into that place. So offer to wash the dishes after a Thanksgiving dinner. Offer to clean up around the house. If the family conversation starts to get kind of tense, respond in the opposite spirit. Respond in love. Respond in compassion. Cultivate service and you cultivate revival. The Lord wants to bear fruit in you and through you. And for all of us, he wants us to come back 
in January, more on fire for him than we went in. But we have a partnership. We have the opportunity to be able to cultivate intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to bear fruit, we, we just, last thing, we, we just, that has to be the first thing. Right. It has to be about meeting with him first. When we're connecting with him, when we're abiding with him, when we are reading his word, when we're praying, when we're worshiping, then we have something to give away. Then we have fruit to bear in our households. Amen. Man, Ben, what I, what I love about, how you walk us through this passage is it's so different from how typically I've treated this passage. I I remember reading this growing up and I remember just like praying, God, God, please let me be that good soil. Like, please just let me be, you know, like almost like it was uh, the luck of the draw that I'm, that I'm the good soil. I have a one in four chance. Hopefully God, you've made me to be the good soil. But what I love is that you, you, you talk about how there's an opportunity to, to cultivate a heart that becomes a good soil. There's a way to identify those things in your soil that's keeping you from developing an intimate relationship with God and how to overcome them, how to remove them, how to tend to that garden instead of fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I hope I'm not someone that uh, Satan sends birds after to come in, uh, to come and ruin my relationship with God. So just in recap, what I think I've, I've heard, and I think these are, are your takeaways from this message is, number one, we want to guard our heart above all else, guard it from temptation, guard it from the tactics of the enemy. And then number two, identify the big rocks that keep us from growing those deep roots into God. Three, we want to identify those those smaller thorns that sneak up on us and then that they're good things that sneak up on us, but then end up choking out our relationship with the Lord. And then four, just bearing fruit that we were people designed to bear fruit, to love others, and to serve others. And like you said at the beginning, this is a unique opportunity to do something like that with our family. There's no greater—who doesn't want to see fruit born out in their family? So just as we wrap up here, just an encouragement for everyone listening, just that God has begun a good work in you and that he has promised to bring it into completion, that he doesn't lie about his promises. And I bless you all to be people of authority, like Ben walking into his bedroom and calling out the temptation and allowing God to enter into that, giving you guys the power to call out the rocks and the thorns in your guys' life that are going to want to challenge you over break, give you authority over those things. And I just bless you all to bear fruit in your homes and in your own walks with God. I am so, so excited to hear about just all the great testimonies that come out over break. I believe that you guys will be people that are bearing fruit. And to to continue doing that, we will be releasing more episodes of this. In fact, our, our next episode will be along the same lines about winning your break with more practical steps, more lessons, more more wisdom from Ben about how he over the years has won his breaks. And we're really excited. I think it's going to be great just for students to be able to walk through. That is all we have for this episode. Keep your eye out for the next one. We are excited to, to hear how you guys use this one. Blessings to all you guys. Love you all. Can't wait to have you guys back. <laughs>